Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Post Traumatic Survival Podcast, a show that helps you rewire your brain to survive and thrive. Join your host, Ozzy Martinez Jr., a Marine, a combat disabled vet, husband, and father, as he shares his firsthand knowledge and experience of hitting rock bottom, almost ending it all, and then turning it around. Dive into the rewired minds of thriving survivors. This show is an in-depth look at post-traumatic survival. And now, Ozzy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hope everybody's having a great quarantine, man. I don't even know what to call it, but... uh. <laughs> But yeah, what, what are we on? Uh, today is Sunday um, that I know of. Miami pretty much shut down last week. So we're about seven days into this quarantine. There's no schools. There's no essential shops open. Um, there's They just closed down the marinas because people were hanging out at the sandbar and spreading germs with each other. So <laughs> <laughs> um there's nothing to do. Uh, they closed the parks down. Uh, luckily, I have a trampoline in my backyard, so I started charging the neighborhood kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm not. I'm not charging kids. There's no kids in my neighborhood. I don't mind. But uh, so super excited. I got my brother Tyler on the show today. Um, he he called me. I've been I've been like wanting to ask him to be on the show and stuff. But he called me after he heard a couple episodes while he was on a road trip, and he was like, "Dude, I want to be. Yeah, I want to be on the show." So I'm super excited. Uh, I'm going to let Tyler introduce himself. He says nothing's wrong with him. Um, like, you know, he has no, there, there was really no reason for him to be on the show. He was telling me yesterday, we had an awesome talk though yesterday. And I think I brought some light to why I think he should be on the show. And we're going to touch some of those subjects today. So Tyler, brother, thank you for being on the show and uh, welcome, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell people a little bit on how I know Tyler. Uh, people heard episode two with Sean Lopez and how kind of Sean got the ball rolling with me for the Overcome Academy class that Jay, Jay Redman did. And Tyler was with Sean in class number one, correct? Yes. Sir. All right. So, yeah, that's how we met each other. And he keeps on calling me, sir. I don't know why he does that. But He's like 50 years old. What? I'm only 38. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, Tyler, tell us. Tell us uh, so, I met, I met Tyler through Sean. In other words, I was, uh, I was honored enough to invite Tyler on one of our fishing trips through Operation Wet Vet. And uh, that's where I had already had heard high things about Tyler. But that's where I got to see in those two, three days, Tyler really shine and uh, talk about. I've always said he's infectious the way he is, his smile. I, I love being around you, dude. So, uh, you roll up in your two wheel segue. And you are just a ball of energy, happy dude. You're like, all right, where's the party? Where are we going? And we get on a boat and you catch 15 fish. And, um, <laughs> you know, it sounds like, all right, cool. Anybody could do that, you know. But then when you meet Tyler and he tells you nothing wrong with him, um, Tyler calls himself a what? what you, I mean, yesterday was hilarious. You called yourself a half man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and I'm you're the first, you're the first uh, triple amputee surviving, correct? American. American. Uh, uh, a British uh, fella beat me by three years. Correct. But, but I mean, when I, I don't talk America. about the British, bro. I'm talking about America. So, America. Uh, <laughs> so you're, you're the first surviving triple amputee um, 
for the United States Armed Forces and Afghanistan, yeah, from Af- the Afghanistan War. And this <laughs> is uh, this is amazing. So your story uh, starts. I mean, obviously, yeah, it starts in Paris Island or wh- wherever you went, but um, mm-hmm. it starts. The real one we're talking about here starts in 2010. Yeah, uh, we were in. We left um, March 5th uh, from Lejeune to southern Afghanistan. And uh, made it to uh, May 5th before uh, I got ejected for uh, bad behavior. Oh, boy. <laughs> now I uh, <laughs> stepped on 10 pounds of homemade explosives. Uh, that was buried six inches straight down and uh, was immediately relieved of three limbs and uh, bled a whole bunch. Wow. <laughs> on Cinco de Mayo? Oh, yeah. I had some strong mojitos that year. Well, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it happened at five o'clock PM on the note. We call them um, Morfitos. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, uh, Cinco de Mayo uh, had some mojitos, and then woke up two weeks later missing some shit. <laughs> so, so brother, I mean, first and foremost, uh, I, I don't want to sound cheesy. Thank you, thank you for, thank you for being here. I'm not gonna thank you for your service. I wasn't gonna do that. Thank you for being here <laughs> on my podcast because. Um, <laughs> Your, your stories just to me is is not is not that story you know because i mean everybody always wants to know what happened to you I, fine i said it so that inter- people could hear who we're talking yeah. to because they can't see you but yes tyler's the first surviving triple amputee from the afghanistan war for u.s service members and this guy will i mean outrun you in life i, I would say in living <laughs> outrun you in living um <laughs> It, when when I'm around you, like I said, I loved it. I love being around you those three days. I didn't want to. I didn't want to step away from you when we were on the boat and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's the that's what that's the reason why I want you on the show. I want people to to figure out. I don't know if we could figure out in an, in an hour talking to each other how what it is that that's causing you or how it is that 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 you're so positive all the time. You know. Um, yesterday you said, what was it you said yesterday? There was no reason for you to be on the show. I will. I just, you got to call tech support. I have no idea. Um, I, uh, I don't, uh, like I said, I was hit in May, uh, May 5th, woke up on the 18th from a medically induced coma to my family, uh, explaining what happened to me. And they'd been there since the ninth. So they got a chance to get used to me. Um, so they weren't hysterical when I woke up. So my mother very calmly told me what happened and, uh, you know, you were in an accident. You lost both of your legs and your right arm and your, your left arm's pretty messed up. And uh, behind her, there was the stack of movies. So I, what movie are we going to watch? And she's like, do you hear me? I was like, yeah, legs, arm. That sucks. What movie are we going to watch? <laughs> and uh, I was on a lot of drugs, yeah. which was probably a big part of it because they pack you full of everything. But um, yeah, my, I had a ridiculously fantastic support system for my former nuclear family, my parents, uh, both my brothers and my brother's wife were there when I woke up. Um, and then uh, five months later, a uh, friend from high school uh, flew up to be my non-medical attendant. So my mother could, or my father could go home and get back to work um, as a friend. And then we, uh, we started dating uh, two weeks later and I proposed two months later and then yeah, from Thanksgiving to July, we got married. And that's Ashley. Yeah, it's a rock and yeah, roll history. Man. We that's, um, uh, that's I, I, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, just um, yeah. When you know, you know. We um, we had two weeks dating, two months proposed, 
said eight or nine months but uh yeah by the time we celebrated our first year anniversary of dating we were already married for a couple months <laughs> <laughs> and two kids later life is good <laughs> that's awesome man that, that, that i mean that's what i'm talking about right there so i think we talked about it yesterday a little bit kind of warming up for for the for the episode today and i think we kind of touched and agreed that your support system was a huge thing in your recovery and and you being i guess so positive the way that you are because i I know guys that have lost, I mean, nothing compared to you and they don't leave their house. They're, they're in a negative funk all the time. I mean, uh, if Jay would call it, they're on the X all the time, but Mm -hmm. you seem to be just constantly, you know, (laughs) rolling through it. (laughs) I I don't, I like people too much and I, I am loquacious. I like to talk, talk, talk. And no one wants to talk to a little sad, angry guy. People no. avoid that dude. Um, you know, I'm already odd looking, so people don't immediately come running. Um, and I'm covered in pictures. So, but uh, so yeah, you gotta you gotta show them all your teeth. Um, but yeah, the all the doctors who work so hard for four straight days and all the time apparently have flatlined a bunch of times, uh, lungs clapped a bunch of times. Uh, they lost count at 130 or 160 units of blood um ridiculous uh that i even made it um so i just think rolling around being a sad dude would be a big old insult to all the hard work all those people did and then my family was there to set the baseline of positive positivity and then before i could ever get in the funk of who could ever love a half of a almost a chicken nugget of a dude um ash came along and squashed that before it was a thing um and then the fact that I no one else got a scratch when I got hurt there. Um, I was running point, but uh, the two men and the three men didn't get injured at all. Um, so there was no, I stepped on a thing and killed someone else. And I had no, was no guilt. guilt thrown in it as well. So the, uh, I don't know. I feel like the cards were stacked for me to allow myself to be happy. Uh, so I just ran with that instead of, you know, why, why focus on the things you can't change? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could, I could see where your mindset, I, I, I've always said to myself that that's the way I would, I would carry myself. I believe that un, uh, unless it's something that I did by myself, like driving my motorcycle drunk or something that, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's something, I'm the type of person that I believe that if it's your day, it's your day, you know, like how you said, the, the way that your cards were dealt and yeah I, your your cards were dealt that day and like you said there, nobody else was around you was injured and and you came out with that without no guilt and just it was almost like a, a, a self-punch like uh yeah but yeah my, uh i um i don't remember the day of at all so i don't have nightmares of how i don't i wasn't there uh my brain control deleted i'm not even certain how long you've never at all i mean so we're we're 10 years out of it now 2020 yeah, almost, you've, almost 10 years and you've never that you that you in your conscious memory you've never remembered no, it or have, anything like that i have zero recollection i have i have not, uh, not even of before of what happened no i yeah i was um the i was the last thing i absolutely remember was checking on my guys i was the cog the corporal of the guard um and checking on my guys who were on post um at night so the day um, before so if that very well could have been the third for all I know, I have no idea. Um, but it was, yeah, at the very least the night before, um, 
because uh yeah and it happened at five o'clock p.m so the fact that it had deleted at the very least you know 18 hours um and then uh the rifle broke my face kind of up and they uh they put me in a medically induced coma to make sure my skull didn't fracture while they were uh flying me to the various hospitals so um yeah i didn't wake up till the 18th so for so I, yeah two weeks in the almost. first couple yeah in the first couple of days of that were a weird foggy that it was just weird i the when i was asleep i was dreaming about afghanistan i thought that was reality and then when i was awake it was all the beeps and hoses and so that you remember you remember you remember the dreams that you were having while you were in the hospital well yeah and it was it was literally yeah there were some weird ones that wouldn't have made any sense but we uh yeah and then when you're catastrophically injured so they say um you get packed full of literally everything like they antipsychotics antidepressants pain pills uh nerve pain everything everything just a bag a bag Um, of fun i was I was in a big old fog cloud of not understanding what all was happening. Um, so by the t- within a few within a week or so of that of waking up, I ended up getting, you know, my footing, <laughs> you could say, in what was actually happening, and then where to go from there. But up. So when can I get legs? And when's therapy starting? When when's this hose coming out? Where are these staples coming out? Let's go. <laughs> so that from the beginning that's how you were you just wanted to go you wanted to nothing nothing wanted to, you didn't want anything to stop you because i see you were i mean your your treatment you were in the hospital for i'd say how many months i mean was it a while uh inpatient or total in total inpatient i mean because i know you you did some outpatient therapy when you started getting your legs and stuff like that but so I was actually, I was in the uh, ICU for five weeks and then the wards for another like six weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And then I went outpatient, which was just on base. It was, we were still technically patients and in the hospital and stuff, but. And you're still uh, in at this time, correct? You're still in the Wounded Warrior Regiment. Yeah. Wounded Warrior Battalion. Battalion East. or whatever it is. Um, we, uh, I was. Yeah, I was up there for two and a half years. They, uh, I, I got to watch three crops roll them. It was pretty exhausting mentally. But uh, they had to rebuild me from the elbow down, basically. On your left arm? Yes, sir. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the pinky barely is a thing, but it's, I found uses for it. Uh, they had to cut off my ring finger at one point. The other two fingers are all jacked, and my thumb still works nice. They had to fuse my wrist. They had to put my right lower left off, out of my back in my arm. But when I took you fishing, you caught 15 fish. I jacked that. That was the first time I've ever been fishing in my entire life. So, And you caught 15 fish. What's up? You, out, you <laughs> outfished everybody on the boat. And <laughs> when, when I think, what was it? When you puked? I did not vomit. No, you, that's what it was. You did not puke. And when I asked, man, what's going on? And I didn't puke either. I'm used to that shit. I just wanted to sleep because of the night before. And I was like... You didn't puke, and your your response was, "Well, what do you expect? I don't have any. I don't have my sea legs." Yeah, that's like, I ain't got no sea legs. I ain't man. got no sea Hell, legs. Sean, your your old old first guest ever. Sean puked his brains out. Oh, Sean! Sean I has hope, puked. I hope you hear it, Shawnee. I'm just kidding. I Sean, love no, listen. <laughs> I, I mean, if we're gonna touch that subject, Sean has puked on every fishing trip he's ever gone with me. And I think that's well, four Sean, of four of Sean is a suspicious or sorry, superstitious <laughs> gentleman. So I think it's he a knows. Tradition, yes. Every time he vomits, y'all don't think 
No, dude, I have, I think I have a video of him puking, like fish, bringing in a sailfish, puking, and then still bringing the fish in. And I'm like, all right. And we're trying, he's puking on the side. That's what it is. He's puking on the side of the boat and we're trying to pose because we're we're reviving the sailfish. It's his first sailfish ever. We're reviving this massive sailfish on the side of the boat while the boat's moving. We're trying to get him to get a picture with him holding the sailfish while it's still alive so we can let it go. And Sean's on the side of the boat. I have all this on video and I'm like, stop fucking throwing up so you can get your picture. (laughs) Yeah, come on, man. Now uh, I, I I believe in my heart of hearts that he is superstitious, and he knows that everyone catches fish, and the boat don't sink, and no one gets lost when he pukes. So so, so he pukes for you. He pukes for the other shipmates on that boat, so you, they catch their. You fish heard it here, ladies bad. and gentlemen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much. Sean. <laughs> um, but no. So so let's talk about something here. You talked, and, and it comes to. It comes to, like I say, it comes to who you are, that smile, that infection, that person you are. You, you said you're covered in, in drawings and stuff. So, yeah, you're covered in art and uh, full body art. Um, you, you got yourself in your right, in your right nub. You got yourself a <laughs> thumbs up with a yeah. USMC tatted on the, on the knuckles and it's a thumbs up on the nubs. Um, mm-hmm. That right there is what I mean is when, when I talk about you. When I tell people about you, they're like... Uh, a lot of people will ask me sometimes, uh, oh, man, you posted a picture one time. Uh, even people, family members I know, oh, about this uh, this guy, a triple amputee with holding a fish. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, let me tell you about that guy. And everything I talk about, at no point do they ever want to hear your story. Like, I just finally heard your story for the first time now. I didn't know what really happened to you. I mean, obviously, I know you. <laughs> Obviously, I know you got blown the fuck up, but I didn't know how it was, what happened to you, who you had even served with. Um, All I knew is that you were, when I met you, from the second I had met you, I was like, dude, this guy's a fucking Marine. He's still hilarious. He's still, we're still shooting the shit. Um, And it changed I remember when I was with you, it changed my personality that when I, that, that time frame, those, those couple days. Cause, um, I suffer a lot from depression, um, is part of my I, uh, big time of my PTSD and I'll get into the funks or whatever. But then when I'm around people like you, it just, it changes everything because it changes, it, it changed. It honestly makes me look at life, you know, like, holy fuck, dude, here I am complaining sometimes. And here this guy is. Only thing he complained about was that he was tubed up, you know? <laughs> it was yeah. like, yo, get my fucking tubes out and put some fucking spring legs on me. Does this mean I could jump higher? <laughs> that, that's your mentality, you know? <laughs> like I can, be, I can be way taller, but <laughs> I can be as tall as I want to be. Yeah, you know? Um, yes, I remember man. when... I, remember, I, had a, I had a blast in Afghanistan. You know? <laughs> I had a blast in Afghanistan. So, so tell us a little bit more, man. Um, I know your support system's huge, dude, but... Um, you're not one of these guys that stays at home only and because I, I, I want to talk to individuals and I want individuals to maybe learn from people, not just from motivational speakers and not saying that you're not mm-hmm. one because I know that you do speaking sometimes. But I want to just hear from how it is that people that are just regularly trying to live their life, trying to how, how they're doing it. So it's like you still are self-sufficient, correct? Because I remember when I wanted to bring you fishing, I asked Sean, what do I need from him? And he was like, he just needs a date. You drive yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I won't say fully self-sufficient. There's a there's Some a things. myriad of things that, that I can't really do around the house. Okay. Um, but yeah, I drive myself. I uh, I can make I can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, so I, I won't I won't starve. Um, 
and we, <laughs> we have bidets at the house, so I uh, so I don't got to worry about all that. Yeah, but, uh, but you ride a trike, but, uh, huh? You ride a trike. Yeah, and I have a I have a uh, Can Am Spider uh, motorized tricycle. So uh, yeah, I I ride again because I was uh, I was raised around Harley's, so that was kind of a cut to my soul getting a Can Am. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I wrote, I used to ride a Sportster. Um, I got that my tank and fenders painted for Ash, and it's hers now. And I got a Can Am, and I go riding. But but my whole my whole topic behind this is, and I see you post okay. also that you're always out and about with your kids. You'll have your kids just run around the neighborhood and you're rolling behind them. So what I'm trying to say is that you're, you're not one of these guys that got wounded or has, has anything and just sits at home's dwelling. Like, no, you just want to continuously go, you know, like what pushes you every day? What? So you mentioned something at the beginning when we first started talking that I liked, um, and yep. and I wish, excuse me, I, you're about to talk right now. And I wish, I wish everybody would think like this because you said something, man. All these people that took the hours working and trying to put me back together. Um, I mean, for instance, let's 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 talk about that because I don't think a lot of people do that. And you actually did that. You kind of broke this down in your head, and so you have a, a an hour ballpark figure really how long have you been worked on because i mean i know jay jay will jay will talk to people sometimes and say you would think i look better after a 48 surgeries or something you know like yeah um hours i don't, I don't got a ballpark hours but um the entire four days i was being transported to bethesda was on and off flatlined and in lungs collapsing um they uh they'd do a thoracotomy they had to hack open my chest plate and play with my heart um and then uh, I have 30 uh, surgeries under my belt. There was a 18 or 19 day stretch there in the beginning where I was going under every single day uh, doing washouts and various uh, necessary surgeries to piece me back together, uh, skin grafts and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, get rid of in- washouts, getting rid of infections, basically. Self- it kind of self-explanatory when you think about yeah. it. But yeah, it just they hose out and cut out all the shit that's either necrotic or dead and uh so that you know the rest will do its thing so the um yeah you gotta you gotta prune the garden or it won't grow (laughs) but you see i mean uh, once again i i'll speak sometimes on my podcast and i don't have that mindset that's why i'm bringing these individuals on Mm -hmm. i would think you know i would just be sad or whatever or really crying I, i don't know but you on the other hand are actually looking at these individuals and i think it has to do with something we spoke about yesterday where your background i mean how your childhood you said your mom has been a nurse for how long uh it was 32 years 32 years so you and and as well you come from a family that has that serving gene that i say some individuals are born with uh all the all the men in your family pretty much have served um yeah there's there's only a uh, small handful that haven't my father did 20 in the navy uh my brother is currently and i want to say like year 16 yeah um uh other brother did uh five uh in the army with two deployments and and then i'm the only marine in the whole damn tree so you (laughs) you (laughs) you actually had a different outlook on this from the beginning you you looked at it almost like a masterpiece 
Well, the, you're, the, a ma- you're a masterpiece, dude, and you have to. <laughs> it's reality. It's kind of like the way I want people to start looking at themselves. You're a fucking masterpiece, man. People, and 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 and, and you're such a such an amazing masterpiece that it didn't take one artist to put you back together or or oh to put God. you together. You get what I'm got saying? You got a list of people. I mean, I think one of the, you're even signed, correct, by one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, uh, well, cause so uh, <laughs> your mother, left arm, right? Uh, no, yeah, you brought her up. My mother, uh, my mother is a nurse. Um, what, is it? Can you, yeah, uh, can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, the uh, my mother's a nurse for thirty two years. She ended up being my medical proxy. I was twenty years old and on all the drugs in the universe. Um, so I wasn't going to be making any decisions. Um, and you and weren't married at the time when this happened. No, we weren't. I we weren't. How old, how old were you again, Tyler, when this happened? Twenty. So you uh, were twenty two, years old. Yeah, yeah, two zero. I was supposed to be celebrating uh, my twenty first birthday in Afghanistan, which would have been my fourth birthday. I celebrated not at home <laughs> in the Marine. That sucks, dude. I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> talk. You see, and I, and here I am. I've complained to people about my twenty first birthday that I spent it um, on the first day of the crucible. In, in boot camp, and I had to march with our as we were doing the hump with our pack around the whole battalion, so I could hear everybody saying happy birthday to me as we we're humping. And look at you, you're getting put, to, you're getting put well, back I together. Have, <laughs> I have a similar tale, bro. We uh, I turned eighteen at boot camp, you know, because I went in when you're supposed to go in the military, old man. Sorry, man. Um, I'm just kidding, but yeah, I left two days after high school graduation. Um. And uh, <laughs> my uh, my senior drill instructor was a uh, IT oh boy. guy. He was jacked, like you wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic at his job. He didn't look like a quote IT guy. <laughs> um, but uh, so he had a website that I didn't realize was a freaking thing until ugh, we went. I went in June. It was August when I figured out there was a website, and that whenever the uh, like base photographer person caught pictures of his platoon he'd put it on there and like there was a message board for family and shit just to say relatively encouraging things stuff we never saw ever (laughs) it was not it was not relayed to us but uh yeah there was one message that got uh, got notified to the whole platoon uh my mother who went through two deployments with my father and uh one uh at the time uh, none with my brother. Uh, so yeah, the two with my father. She knew what she was doing. She uh, <laughs> she put, uh, "My baby's turning eighteen today. It's his eighteenth birthday. Try to make it special for him." <laughs> and uh, she knew what she was doing. She's not naive. Um, so I got dude. Your uh, mom hooked you up. Your mom. I can't right. believe that well, you, you didn't say it, but your mom is Blue Falcon. Blue Falcon to you on your eighteenth no, no, no. birthday. No, my mom's just my mom's just ruthless, and I was the youngest. <laughs> got away with a lot so she got she she gets her jabs in when she can she is a uh, silver tongue if, if she don't like it you're gonna know my mother uh <laughs> she's where i get my lack of shyness from oh um, man but uh yeah so i got i got it or i got screamed at and made to work out very hard um in every single pit on paris island um, oh, you did the island hopping every- the island hopping campaign Oh yeah, while I was uh while I was saying happy birthday too. Nice. Yeah, the rest of the recruits got to sing happy birthday while I got slain. And then um I even went in fourth battalions, uh, <laughs> Sam Pitts. 
So for the for the people that don't know, Fourth Battalion is at least back then. Fourth Battalion was the females only. Now I think it's integrated, or they're trying to do that. I think they're working on it. I still think Fourth Battalion is solid females. I think it should. I think it should be. I mean, I I respect all women marine. I just think that men and women should have to be trained at the beginning or broken down from their who they are and become marines separately. Seconded. I agree entirely with that. So, uh, but so, uh, so yeah, man. So, so let's see what we were talking about your support system and how I think the way, I guess your mentality is seen as a child, all these people that served in your life, your mother being a nurse, you went ahead and looked at life instead of, uh, as a pity party, as, like I said, I gotta, I gotta live life because of what was put into give me this life in a way. Exactly. Yeah. No, I was, I mean, we're, my family was fiercely patriotic. And uh, service was just in my bones and it was not uh, so you can wear a uniform and be a badass and get thank yous or any of that nonsense. It was to serve your country like you're supposed to. And um, that was it. The military wasn't remotely a last ditch effort or, a, you know, a fail safe or a backstop. It was the plan. Like uh, I had no intentions of doing anything after high school, but going to military. And uh, probably do 20 or 30 and retire. And, you know, they cut me short in my prime. Something about telling God your plan or some shit. Um, but uh, just I I signed up for it. I went in the infantry on purpose. It was intentional. Yeah, that's what you wanted um, to do. So what am I going to do? Just, yeah, I, I signed everything. I fought my parents on signing it. So they can say I told you so and I can cry in the corner or what do I have now? What are my options? Let's move. Um, and I just, I, I feel a responsibility to initially my squad because they were hurting because I was gone and busted up. They didn't get word. I survived for two weeks, uh, which is a load of horse shit. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, what what were we sending fucking pigeons like messengers? Yeah. We had falconry, (laughs) um, freaking. Yeah. They didn't find out. I made it for two weeks and then uh which you know, they fucks were, you they, up let me tell you ladies and gentlemen because i remember some guys being flown out and you don't hear anymore and then on purpose they shut the the communications from the base you can't you go into like black mode you can't call home you can't email uh-huh. you can't do anything so you literally can't find out anything about well, these fucking guys and then you got to go back to work. I'm just trying to talk. To, I'm, I'm explaining to our civilian listeners. You oh, know no, that. no, no, no. And I'm just saying uh, in the defense of the command. Oh, uh, correct. Like, what he just what he just described is called River City. When yeah. we went River City, our communication with the outside world was shut down. And the main point and reason for that is so that you don't post something stupid on Facebook or you don't call before the United States military. Official notification. To notify your family that you were injured or killed. Yeah, I mean, um, you served which, in different times. In 2010, social media was a little bit more taken off. I was in 2004. Oh, I know. Yeah, but, I, yeah. I, um, like we went. Our AT and T centers would go blank, and our internet would go blank, and then that's it. It it, it was a sense in the base where you just even people that let's say if it didn't happen to somebody in your unit, you knew something was going on on base. That fuck, somebody got fucked up. You know. Oh yeah. Um, no, and I mean, it's just. I mean, you see the. You can see the other side of it. In recent events, when when uh, tra- uh, tragedy struck the Lakers, yeah, when Kobe Bryant was killed, his wife immediately, yeah, his wife found out about the demise of her husband and daughter 
from TMZ. From TMZ, bro. Yeah. Like, what in tarnation? Like, yeah, so times I mean, have changed. you can see why they go River City, but at the same time, it's, I wish they got word back somehow faster that X, Y, and Z worked out and everything's fine. Because I was supposed to be dead, man. They, um, my family. I mean, you said you flatlined how many times? They lost, I've, I've talked to every a doctor that was at every hospital, and um, I have like 10, it confirmed, apparently. Um, and then my <laughs> guy, I don't got 10 confirmed kills, ladies and gentlemen. I got 10 confirmed deaths. <laughs> right? Wouldn't Solo it be cool deaths. Have, like the actual times of death. That'd be rad. But, um, well, because the yeah, end, everyone's like, Yo, you know what I accomplished today? My consecutive days lived record. <laughs> And I'm like, nope, not till I turn 40. It's like a, it's like an OSHA, <laughs> like one of those OSHA safety countdowns. Haven't gotten hurt in this many days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So, But you were saying your family was getting notified to be flown out. Yeah, so they were going to fly to Germany because uh, the doctor in, at Longstool decided I wasn't going to make it. Um, or no, they were going to stay with me for a while. But then the doctor at Longstool decided I wasn't going to make it and stabilize me so they could fly me home so I could die in American soil, which is super awesome, by the way. If I had a choice, either mail me some dirt that I can lay on from Florida and, you know, call it Florida soil or get me home so I can die in America. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah. And then when I got to Bethesda, the plan was to make me as comfortable as possible till I did it. And then you did not you know, I, I didn't <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> so then uh, that's where everything changed. And then uh, when yeah. when would you say uh um, because I mean, I've seen videos of you and I've gone through your, like a stalker through your Facebook timeline and I could tell some of your therapy and stuff that like when, when did you actually like start hitting the ground? Um, cause like I said, I, I'm probably, and I don't want, even though I believe I'm an overcomer and stuff like that, I, I've never been put into your situation, but if my legs get blown off, I don't know if I might be sitting around moping for a while. Like you seem to like you have hit the ground immediately right after that. Yeah, well, the moment they let me, I guess, um, my left leg was open, clean to my hip, and the uh, the skin graft takes up the majority of the inside of what's left of my left leg. Um, and then, again, the uh, the two times they attempted to take out the chest tube before they could get it out, my lung collapsed again. Um, so the any of the ICU stuff was, like, I think a woman came to the room and had me doing, like, little stuff, you know, trying to sit up in bed and... You know, the little rehab. Um, and then after the wards, I, I was given a chair when I was up on the fifth floor um, and was able to actually leave my room and like go outside the hospital and stuff like that. Um, but uh, therapy didn't actually kick off until I got to Walter Reed. Uh, and then that was slow coming too. Uh, I didn't actually get legs until October ish or like late September. But you were anxious already for them. I mean, just let me get going, man. I wanted to be tall right away, and I figured out quickly that you don't do that. Um, I wanted the same size shoes I had, which was also stupid. Um, drag the toe and eat shit. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I, I wanted to start building. I wanted to figure out how to be this now. Um, you know, I always say back, you know, in my former life, I was I was 5'9", and now I'm 3'10". And, and, you know, back back in real life, um and because this is this is step two you know this is so you literally time. i mean and i don't want to uh, i don't know if you're are you being sarcastic when you talk like that or are you literally looking at it like that this is your new life is it well what <laughs> i know brother listen 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 no, but, no, but, but, no, but other just, other other than saying these are the cards i was dealt 
I mean, you literally kind of just gave yourself an end and a start to something. Yeah, well, the child and the Marine, uh, the active duty Marine, uh, died okay. May 5th, 2010. Then the patient was born and he had work to do. Just like the devil had to do in Iraq and Afghanistan and every training op. I had a mission and it was time to work it and run it and be the best I can possibly be. I will never promise you that I will be the best. I promise you, you will receive my best. And I, I had too many people who would be real sad if I didn't make it. So I, I chose positivity. I chose to smile. I chose to work hard and focus on the next task rather than yesterday. All right. And just yesterday is something you can't do a damn thing about. Good no. or bad, if anything happened yesterday, it's done. It's written it's down. Done. It's etched in yeah. stone. And let me tell you, I, I struggle with that, dude, because I sometimes I feel that yesterday replays itself. And sometimes, I yeah. replay it in my head what happened, and I dwell on it for like an extra day because I want to prepare myself for the next time, you know? And, and yeah, it well, sucks. And I- there, there's a facet of that that's good, you know. If you, because I mean, you don't fail, you win or you learn. Yes. So if if today you jacked up, you know, task at hand A, you the next day don't do it the same way. Correct. You know? It's 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 the advantage of uh, doing that. Yeah. It's the advantage of that Groundhog's Day. It gets better and better and better and better. I mean, yeah. Take a step back. Attack it from a different slant. So over, you, under, around, or through it. So it's funny, I bro, feel. because, I mean, you say a couple a couple minutes ago, you say the Marine died, um, the young Marine, and you died, but I, I would disagree. I mean, you... Well, the active duty Marine, you can't kill my spirit. <laughs> so, yeah, because, I mean, you have that... Do you still have that gung-ho, that gung-ho uh, Semper Fidelis in you? Oh, oh, oh. I mean, the, the what is it? The Motoness? Uh, I, don't, I don't even remember uh, what to call it anymore. Esprit de corps. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> No, um, uh, it's a little front door braggy and it kind of like, I feel like a douchebag about to say it, but, um, they did an adaptive, uh, corporal's course okay. uh, in the hospital and stuff. I think I, it was the first adaptive corporal course they did. I don't know if they've done one since, but I got the, I got the gung ho award. <laughs> oh, look at this. So hold on. Explain this to me. So you see, I remember, and man, let me tell you, this is something that seeing Marines like you afterwards, makes me feel better about what the Marine Corps at least is trying to do. I don't know if it's working or not, you know, but I know individuals, for instance, um, I'm not going to mention his name out of respect, but he served with me, um, lost his left eye in 2004, um, a piece of his skull up here, and it made him paralyzed from the right side. You know, the left controls, the the right and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember we got back and... It was one of those things as well. He got flown out. We didn't know if Millhouse, oh shit, I just said his name. If Millhouse was alive or not, we—that's his his call sign. We didn't know if Millhouse was alive or not, and uh, it fucked with us a lot. Um, a lot of anger when you go on patrol, not knowing if uh, your 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 boy's dead or not. If yeah, uh, at that point you're not even messing with revenge or retribution. You're worrying about if he's all right. <laughs> yeah. So um, filling the power void. Yeah. So and and I remember we got back from that 2004 deployment and there he was on the ramp in camis and uh you know he had his fake eye glasses and you could tell his right hand was uh cringed up and i remember one time we were marching or something and somebody gave him shit like it was a fucking butter bar 
second lieutenant or something was like, it might have been a first lieutenant, something like, hey, where's my salute or something? And we were like, are you, dude, all of us, we were all lances and corporals, dude, we all snapped when we were like, are you fucking serious, dude? He's dragging his leg. Like, you see him messed up, dude. It was like a bad one. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if you could hear my glare. On yeah, you, you know, but so. This was in 2000, <laughs> this was in 2004 and, um, you know, his story ends tragic. Um, his story ends, um, they didn't know kind of like what to do with him in the Marine Corps. The, the, the wounded warrior battalion or regiment didn't exist at the time. Mm-hmm. And I got out in 06 and the last time I had heard of him, and this is one of the things, I mean, I, w- I would love to maybe have him call me. I don't know. You know, I, I, I've been kind of against of talking to him, but. I think it's maybe something that could be talked about. So clearly he suffers from a a severe traumatic brain injury and he acknowledges what he did was wrong, but there was no, there was no, like I said, wounded warrior regiment. There wasn't any proper way to take care of Marines. It was like, you're still in the battalion. We don't know what to do with you. So you're at the hazmat uh, depot or you're in uh, the communications locker type shit. And uh, I got to a point one time where I guess there was two other Marines that were in wounded situations as well when he met in the hospital or whatnot point is that there was a bad drug deal that went wrong while they were still all active duties in Oceanside. And, um, they told him, Hey man, grab this gun and go kill this dude. If he doesn't give you the money back for, or the computer back for this drug deal, you know? And, um, he was able to go off base and just go through with this. And then now he's serving life in prison. Um, you know, uh, I struggle right now sharing that story because I remember him. Um, I've heard that, you know, he wanted to write to me. He wanted my address. I just felt weird um, because I did some deep diving into the case. And the victim's mother came out in his defense for a, a softer sentence because she said that the Marine Corps... Um, hadn't properly taken care of him and stuff like that. And I think she became an advocate, even, even though her son never served the, the one that was killed. Um, she well, kind of became, but because he, the Marine Corps failed to help. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe that's, that's crazy that I'm even thinking about this, talking about this and something that's going to go into an episode. Cause I don't like to edit my episodes. I like to re- press the intro, press record. And, uh, we do the outro and, um, it, it, it to see you though, the way that they kind of, I guess, took care of you better, I would say than at least what he was taken care of. Um, and I know that the program still exists where they call certain you guys, you know, they call you, there's a disc and stuff like that. They call you and hey, we have an event for you, possibly this and that, whatever. Um, but it's somewhat progress. But to see you though come out of that differently than what I've seen Marines that I served with come out of their injuries, that's why I want you on the show, dude. Um, I, I guess we're still trying to figure this out, what it is that's causing it. Um, it, you're, The way that you are, your infectiousness, I, is there something right now that, uh, so I think part of uh, that surviving and thriving is doing something with yourself, either getting out of your house or getting out of your mind, getting out of that yeah. space that you're in. And I think you do that well. You're in your room right now, um, the, the room I love. I've, I'm dying mm-hmm. to go to your house. Your comics figurines comic books um over a thousand movies over a thousand movies i mean this guy is an awesome movie critic he will tell you (laughs) details 
and awesome facts about movies. And if it's yeah. Keanu Reeves, he's on board a hundred percent. But so this is, I guess, a way that you get away. Is it? Is it for yeah. you? Yeah, uh, that in video games. Um, yeah, the everything you mentioned in video games. I um, there was. I saw a, your uh, adaptabil- your 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 adaptability controller setup that you have there. Yeah, they made me a really just for the if this ever gets put. Oh on yeah, we'll YouTube. put this on eventually on YouTube. And is this um, for PS4, Xbox, or what is it for? That was built for a PlayStation. It's based off of a it's a broken apart PlayStation controller. Okay. Um, yeah, the, uh, the left joystick and the D pad and like start and options and stuff is still on the controller itself. And then the rest is wired. Uh, the X circle triangle square is like arcade style buttons that I hit with my nub. Um, and then there's a joystick just south of that, um, which is acts as the right joystick. And then I have kick switches for the, uh, R1, R2, L1, L2. So for your triggers and stuff like that. Yeah, for the triggers. So, um, and the uh, man, that's uh, that, I'll tell you what that could be dangerous if uh, <laughs> you were a speeder before. If you like to have a, if you like to accelerate, <laughs> your burst. Dude, I, I, you can take my legs, but you can't take my lead foot. I, I, that's how I drive, bro. Um, no, the uh, uh, organization called Stack Up. Okay. Um, they. Uh, they took me and a buddy to Comic-Con, like the Comic-Con. Mm. Um, and while we were out there, we talked games and stuff because that's what they do, games and comics and stuff. And uh, when as soon as we got back, they facilitated uh, the creation of the controller through a man named Ken Jones uh, with Warfighter Engaged. Okay. He, uh, he takes donated equipment and jacks it up and makes it, for broke people interesting <laughs> um yeah and he, yeah they mailed they mailed the controller with a playstation and um a bunch of gift cards and stuff i immediately downloaded skyrim and then um a bunch of the nostalgic games i got kingdom hearts one and two which is a big deal for me the only other the last time i played video games before this which was two years ago now uh was playstation 2 okay and like god of war and kingdom hearts okay like Kingdom Hearts 2 was like the most recent game I played. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I got those Jack and Daxter, a bunch of the games that meant a lot to me as a kid um, and just blew through them. And then Nostalgometer just, I was, you know, was, nothing was anything anymore. I was sucked into these games. Um, and then, you know, newer and badasser ones are coming out. And I'm, you know, I yeah, I'm stop. stuck. I'm stuck right now on Destiny 2. Oh, girlfriend. Destiny 2 is legit. Yeah, I've been playing Destiny 2. A buddy of mine got me on it and I mean it sucks because he's like he's like at a thousand he's like at a thousand something and I'm still like at eight seventy. And but it's a pretty fucking cool game. Um My daughter my daughter accidentally bought it for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because I was uh I had it was holiday sales and stuff, so I had it sitting in the cart and I was like doing research trying to figure out the game. Cause I don't like first person shooters at all. Okay. Um I got used to it eventually, but so she came, she came to me in the house at one point and was like, daddy, I pushed buttons. I pushed buttons. And I was like, Oh crap. I know exactly what that means. Amazon she card. Hit, she hit the, she hit the pretty, uh, arcade colorful buttons on my controller. I come in and yep. Destiny two was purchased. And I was like, well, that's what I get for one leaving the cart open and two, no passcode having 
having my card just attached to my wallet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just realized uh, the other day it was that easy for me, and I just set up the passcode on my Xbox because my son good. likes to play Minecraft. And I, Hell yeah. Stuff. Well, and I got the and then uh, a couple of anniversaries ago, Ash uh, got me the uh, Nintendo Switch. Oh, uh, Zelda and Pokemon. I don't need anything else, really. And uh, <laughs> is there an adaptability controller for that, or it all of it controls to it? So the uh, something that just already exists. If you uh, like a Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller, the best. There's this little USB port adapter okay. thing, so like seventeen or twenty bucks, you can buy off Amazon. That you plug into the side of your uh, switch or in the front where the controller goes on, and it'll connect to the adaptability controller. Um, and then you plug in whichever freaking controller it is you want to play with. Got you. So I'm technically playing Switch with my PlayStation controller. Got you. Got you. Yeah, and the same thing if it was Xbox, you could do it too. Uh, it's a really cool thing that uh, someone turned me on to. It's not actually an adaptable thing; just someone hooked that up for me. And, and yeah, I immediately beat Zelda like three times in a row. That's awesome. Just, dude. That, I couldn't stop. Breath of the Wild isn't right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then you know, I enjoy going on drives, but sometimes my hand hurts, so I can't do it too hard. Um, I got the motorcycle, so I go out and get decompression there. Um, my wife finally convinced me to uh, go get semi-regular massages for stress relief and the fact that I have to sit kind of for a living. Um, she got me a membership to this great place down here um, for my birthday last year. And uh, so, I mean, I have my outlets, man, and I just and I, I have too many people pulling for me. I can't be anything else. And and None you are fake. you <laughs> are. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say you're a stay at home dad, but you are oh, an no. active stay at home dad. Yeah, you are. I'm a, I'm a proud house husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She uh, she recently got a job uh, as a personal trainer, um, something that she she was loving the training for it and the classes for it and the courses. And when she got the job, we didn't, she was surprised about how happy she was with it and how passionate she, she oh my God, she dove in head first and just, God, the passion on, is just seeping off this woman when you, when she talks about her job and I just, uh, everything, she gave up her entire life to come live with me and be, be so yeah we, we kind of we i mean it was funny because oh, I, yeah. I know your story but we kind of you said your little story there and skip right through it and oh, people no, yeah, don't I understand don't, I, when i mean I, tyler's support system it. how important this is um, oh no i'll go into it hard right now yeah I, so, I will not skirt so you guys were friends you guys were friends we before were friends in high school she was a serial monogamist and i was a slut in high school so we wouldn't have worked out in high school um and then when I got hurt, she still had the boyfriend of almost five years or five years, I think it was. And then within the next couple of weeks, they ended it. And uh, she was trying to get into nursing school. She graduated high school at 16 a year early because she's a goddamn genius. Um, and uh, she got all A's in her prerequisites for nursing school and then got denied nursing school twice. Um, and shoot, the entry, the entry exam stuff for nursing school, she got great scores. Um, so she was going to CNA school to pad her resume for nursing school when I stole her from the world. Um, and, uh, because, and if she went to nursing school, if she got accepted either of the time, she wouldn't have been able to come up to be with me. Um, but yeah, as a friend, the first time she ever left home, she came to live with me as a caregiver to make my food, feed me, bathe me, wipe my ass sir. as a friend, like as a friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a, as someone who needed to do something to help, 
And then, yeah, the I mean, she ended up being the rock and the hard place. My father, I, I love him to absolute death. He's a badass motherfucker. But um, he still does stuff for me that I can absolutely do for myself. Um, and he would have done that the whole time we were up there. And I'd have learned a lot less or or at a much lower rate of speed. Because Ash, the moment I figured something out, she was done doing it for me. Um, and unless I was just really frustrated and really needed her help that day or whatever. But uh, she and having a stunningly beautiful woman wash your body is only awesome for about a week. Then you just feel like a impotent clown. Um, so yeah, the year, the, so May 5th, 2011, the, uh, year anniversary, they actually fused my wrist. Finally, it was broken my left, hand was, on your left arm. Yeah. My hand was only attached by like tendons and muscles. The wrist wasn't there. It was like floppy. I had to wear a brace to keep it in place. Um, and then, uh, so the cast was almost a six month thing after that. So my, I finally had a hand after a year and a half of this stuff. And then from there it was figuring out how to do it. And the second I got some, she left it. Nope. Oh, we're done now. Got it. So, and then, you know, we got a house built for us by a charity, homes for our troops in St. Augustine. And, you know, and there's a uh, help our military heroes, got us a van. Um, and the VA has been really excellent down here. We haven't had any uh, of the horror stories that I know are true in other places, but we didn't, we haven't had much problems. I had one issue with one doctor one time. Um, and that was hilarious, really. But um, she, like, I, I'm just a remarkably fortunate person. So, and she gave up her entire life to come be with me. And then we built a life together. And you guys fell in love. Um, yeah. And before I had a chance to feel what was me about anything, we were there. She was giving me pieces of her. I was giving her pieces of me. We became a homogenous unit. And then eventually built a family together. And, That's um, amazing. She's the most wonderful mother you'll ever meet, man. She breastfed them both for two years, uh, hit every single roadblock with our son with breastfeeding. I could teach a class on that shit, um, but never stopped ever. And I told her when she was almost done breastfeeding with Zoe, our daughter, that as soon as you're done, I want you to get in the gym, get feeling good about yourself again, get all the endorphins going, get all the dopamine dose like your boy, Andy. And um and then go get a hobby. I don't care. Leave this house a few times a week. So you wanted Take her, pickling. yeah. You wanted her to get out and yeah. do your own thing. Take pickling classes for all I care. Go do something that has nothing to do with us. Has one hundred percent to do with you. And get because for five and a half years, she was a wife and a mother whose name happened to be Ashley. And I wanted desperately for her to be Ashley again, who happens to be a wife and a mother. Right. Um, and build her own shit, have her own life, have her own interests. Tell me about it and I'll be excited to hear about it. I don't need to be there or be a part of it. It doesn't have to be because of me. So the it ended up the gym ended up becoming the hobby. She dove headfirst into the gym and uh, then from there decided she wanted to do physical there or uh, physical training and did the course through NASM, which is like the Harvard of that. And uh she basically got headhunted by Bailey's nice. and uh, yeah, dove in head first, fucking super passionate. And I'm just, I dreams come true over here. I can't be happier for her. They're that really awesome. Good. So the least I can do is stay home and be with these kids all day and show them fun shit and headbutt them when they need it. 
And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't remember if you're like a private person like I am. So I, I'm one of these. Yes, I have two social medias. I have my private one and then I have the Ozzy Martinez Jr. where I post. I'm doing a fishing trip. I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing this. Um, I really don't post pictures of my kids and stuff like that. But if you could ever find this guy on social media, if he is, but I'll, I'll post pictures. This is it's legit what he's saying. It's he's at home. He's doing what he needs to do. He is there for the kids. And, you know, I brought him on the show because of all these things. I, to me, that is surviving and thriving. Um, we're talking about, once again, to, to like throw the, the phrase out there, the first living triple amputee from the Afghanistan war. I don't know if anybody fucking knows we've been in that war for almost 20 years now. So <laughs> pretty fucking crazy statistic right there. Um and this guy, like we mentioned, rides his Can-Am, um, rides, has his minivan, um, takes his kids to school if they have to or whatever it is around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I want people to hear this. I want people to know that if you're one right now sitting in that funk, you shouldn't be. Um, yeah, well, and it's just the and the Ashley giving her, her entire life away and all the other stuff aside, all the stuff I just got into. I wanted kids my whole life, man. I was I was very excited to be a father one day. I scared the shit out of my mom a lot because I told her all the time I couldn't wait to have kids when I was like fucking 14 and 15 years old. I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm just excited about it. My, I babysat a lot as a kid. I taught my cousins how to swim. Like I was back. I was a gymnast and a babysitter, which are, you know, as far as gender roles go. I mean, that sounds like a total fucking <laughs> Marine Corps infantry guy, if you ask me. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't you don't you think that guy totally went into the Marines yes. as a heterosexual male? Like, doesn't that sound like a guy who oh. loves women and and totally went into the military to slay bodies? <laughs> no, but and then I I found the Marine Corps, man. I was fiercely in love with my job. I wanted to be the best I could possibly be. I wanted to pull everyone up to their highest level they could be at. I did everything I could for my guys. They were my family and they were my they were my motto when I was training my guys was always let no man's ghost say if only I had been trained I you would sweat you would bleed with me stateside so we wouldn't in country I would run these dudes into the ground and they'd know their shit or I and I was with them I was never just and you, you still got that you still got that mentality though man I mean I, there's oh, this- I know and they, so what ended up happening was I got hurt guess what I can't do anymore? I got that love vacuum. And then we got, so I poured all of that energy into therapy and my new relationship with Ashley. And then, and then when we had kids, I'm fiercely in love with being a father. That was everything. Anyone who went to the overcome with me class one, they'll tell you I was, that was my thing. Everyone, you know, I want to be a public speaker. I want to be better at X, Y, and Z. I want to get out of my house. I want to get off my mountain. But I was like, I want to be the best father I can possibly be. I want to be the best husband I can possibly be. My family absolutely and unequivocally deserves that. That's, and I do everything I can to present it to them daily. I, 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 I agree you do, man. I, I totally agree that you do that. Um, and it should and, be- then, and then that can equate to someone else's journey. You have to find something to focus your energies on. Because if you sit in a corner... You're focusing your energies 
on negative, on sad, on. But I think it, it starts. Me. It starts with that first domino that you said. That uh, I think to me that might be the first domino is you saying all the work that was put into saving your life. It it would be a fucking shame, dude, if you swallowed a bullet and killed yourself right now, like others have done. Right. Too many people, man. I, I guarantee um, you, a few of those people got nightmares by the time the half a chunk of dude came through. So it. it, it to me, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's that mindset that you had. And I think everybody should yeah. give themselves something that they value, that they worth that much. Like for me, it was, uh, my, my guys, the five that died in, in 2004, I want to live for them all the time. I, I got to meet, I got to meet one of their mothers. Yeah, I know you're tatted. I'm dying. So I for have, I live. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting to get tatted. I, I I want my wife gave me the approval for a sleeve on my right arm, and I'm gonna go get it. And I'm just trying to get work working out right now so I could get nice and fit. And uh, but I've been I've been wanting to do a memorial to them. But yeah, man, it's those five that I live for. I I, I got to meet one of uh Matt. I got to meet Matthew Puckett's mother, sister, and brother. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend his uh, brother's wedding this just passed. But I. I got to meet them and that to me was even more of a reason, you know, um, that's why I, 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 I'm doing, you know, I did the organization. I started that. That's why I'm doing this podcast now because I'm tired of hearing of guys that we serve with committing suicide. And I know why maybe, so you, you don't know why, because you say you never went through some of this, but you know, I've done. Oh, no, I, I understand how someone can get there. Yeah. I just, I, I won't blow smoke and say I've been anywhere near there. Yeah. So, you know, I have, and it yeah, fucking sucks. You know, like man. that point where you're, go ahead, bro. No, I'm just saying you are a strong and powerful man. That's where you've got me lit in a way because I've never, I don't know where the deep end is. I've never been off the deep end, I've never been anywhere near the bottom. I I had a weird set of circumstances that kept me kind of dude so the whole time you've been all the way to the bottom yeah so I I tell people and I and I promote I like yeah I like promoting a lot of the people I've met in my journey and I tell rebuilt you yeah but I yeah because so so my trick is and I tell people um uh Jimmy Hatch's book touching the dragon I tell Mm -hmm. people once I once I heard that book, and I wasn't hooked on opioids or on painkillers, but I was hooked on my medication and on coke. Okay. And yeah, once I read that book though, and I heard or I heard the audio book, I tell people that, dude, I didn't just touch the dragon. I fucking grabbed it, and then I fought oh, with yeah. it. I fought with it, got burned, and then eventually I jumped on top of it and now started writing it. And. That drag, I so so here's here's the way I tell people metaphorically. I ride this fucking dragon because everybody thinks I'm cured. I'm not. You know, this dragon comes and visits me every once in a while. So now when it does visit me, I fucking grab it. I ride it. I'm not touching the dragon. I grab it. I ride it. I get all that energy from it. I get off of it and I try to use that energy for something else. Like right now, I'm recording with you. You know, yeah. You know, I had a I've had a pretty shitty fucking week with this whole Corona shit going on. And um, everybody, I'm sure, has. And I'm trying to turn that around with you because I've had an up and down week where I got depressed at one point, real depressed. And, you know, uh, it's just I, I even cried, you know. So 
Um, so Call me anytime, man. Oh, brother, you know I will. But you know, like what you just said right now, that's what I'm trying to tell people. That's my mindset. My mindset is now I've already touched the dragon. Now I'm fucking grabbing it. I'm writing it and everything. Your mindset is you owe you owe the the you owe the best life you can give to the individuals that put you back together. And not only them, and I haven't had the opportunity to talk about it because it hasn't come up, but I refuse, refuse to let my fallen brothers look at me from the other side and wallow in self-pity and shame and ugh. I, I won't allow it because if the good die young and the most honorable thing a gunfighter can do is go with his boots on. I was not to me. That means that I was not prepared or worthy of said honor. Someone kicked me back because I still had work to do, but I hope to live my life in a manner that makes the fallen proud so that one day in my December, when I'm done, they will allow me into their ranks as an equal. You literally, I mean, are blowing me away because you don't believe that you're in the, an equal right now. Um, I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, and and well, hey, you see, you know, I I, I, I got it. That's I agree with everything you're saying. When everybody's like, "Bro, what you're fucking doing is awesome," this and that, and I'm like, all I tell people is, I'm trying. I say thank you. I'm trying. I'm not. Well, and you got it. And we we were t- we found it out. The best the best quote I've ever heard on this subject was only like a few weeks ago. Face it until you make it. Not fake it until you make it. That shit. Yeah. Face it until you make it. You gotta you gotta hit these things head on. If they don't, if if head on's not working, if you're getting dug into a hole, fucking dig out. Hit it from a slant. Figure it out. Freaking take a new tactic. Adjust a thing or two. Get it done. Cause and then another thing that I tell people, because again, I don't know how I do any of this shit. <laughs> but you gotta find that silver lining. You when you what what on a foot patrol or on any patrol, what were you looking for the whole time? And you were this- looking for you were looking for bulky clothing, you were looking for trash, you were looking for disturbed earth, you were looking for triggers, you were looking for twitches, you were looking for sweat in the cold. And so you could anticipate the following actions and get it, you know, act accordingly. If you sit in a corner and focus solely on what you don't have, what you failed to get, what was taken from you, and man, 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 what was me? If you, if you dwell on yesterday, gonna that's like, all you're going to see in everything. You're only if you're looking for it, you're going to find the negative. Anytime you're on the road, you look for a yellow car. How many yellow cars do you think you're going to see? You're going to see a million of them, but you got to look for the positive. And eventually you sometimes you got to widen your gaze. Sometimes you got to step outside yourself and look at everything objectively. What do I got? I got air in my lungs. I got a smile on my face. I got kids in the back room. I got my wife right there. We got food. We got a roof. You've got something to be happy about. You cling to that shit until you're finding the rest of it. And eventually you will have trained yourself to only find the pluses. You won't even see the neutral. You'll see, you see no negative. You're only going to find just like the training for all the shit overseas. You're going to find the, the ups only. And you'll be a happier person for it. I mean, dude, I, I, I'm here looking through these questions that I wanted to ask you. One of them was, 
if you were to die tomorrow, what little thing would you regret not doing? And I'm like, dude, I can't ask these questions because this guy is just fucking bombing everything right now and throwing everything out. I'm like, this is crazy. This is. <laughs> so, I mean, let me see here. Do I do I find anything here? Uh, I think this is a good one here. I, I don't know. When you die, what what do you want to be remembered for? Because I mean, everything you just mentioned right now. I mean, right now, I'll tell you what, dude. I could remember you for a million fucking things, dude. And I never served with you for real. I never served with you. Um, I've heard stories of you. That's it. Uh, the, I've chilled with you a couple times. And I would like to know that. What What about you would you want people to remember about you? Uh, I mean, well, first, cat, slight caveat. I'd let, How I'd like to be remembered. I hope a few people get tattoos in honor of me. Yes. You don't got to get my name now. Just something that means something to you about me. That'd be really freaking cool. If I if, if there's another side that I can actually look back on, that'd be sick as shit to see, you know, very, you know, movie reels or whatever it is. Some whatever means me to you. Yeah. Someone got that. That'd be sick as hell. Anyway. So I the true test of friendship was always not. It was how they made you feel about you. Like my best friend's my best friend because he makes me feel like we can ball it out always and never fail. I bet him. And yeah. Great guy. I know. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, shit. Fucking high school and then ended up doing two damn deployments together. But what? Best man in my wedding. Um, he's gonna raise my kids. It's me and Ash. I mean, fighting. dude, let me tell you, um, I don't know but, uh, I don't know why there's not a fucking book or a movie written about your life. I mean, listen to uh, <laughs> listen to everything we just said. I, your best well, friend, it, it, the guy you went I'm to like, high school I'm with. Like, <laughs> no, and it's funny. So I, someone's gonna connect the dots eventually, and I, I'm gonna let the little trade secret out. And again, this is the second time I felt like a douchebag with weird. Sounds like I'm front door bragging, but I've been mentioned in like four or five of these badass warriors books, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Someone's gonna read all of them and be like, "Wait, who's this? Who's this guy? Who's this, guy? Like, who's this common denominator fellow? Let's find him." Yeah. Um, no. So the the thing that I would want most to be remembered for would just have to be specifically how I made people feel. Like I would hope we're closing. I would hope that when they think of me, they think of, you know, something hilarious and smile or that time I was able to help them with something. And they felt, you know, I had gave them a leg up if I could. And, you know, uh, I hope people just look back and smile. And, and it's only a positive memory that comes to mind. I hope that whatever the thing is that sparks me in their memory only makes them smile and not the sad shit. You know what's crazy about that is that I ask you what it is you would want people to remember about you when you die, and you describe to me how you're fucking living. So I love it. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I literally well, you, you die tomorrow, so you got to live how you want to live. Yeah, you, but you know what I'm saying, bro? There's so many people that would right now, on the back of their minds, might have that question and procrastinate on things, and you you just haven't. You know, you haven't procrastinated in life. You've You've gone out there and, and grabbed the life oh, by the balls. Well, with, with actual tasks, I assure you, I am a major league Olympic gold medal level procrastinator. But the fact that 
it keeps getting done, even though I procrastinated, is why I keep procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the my uh yeah, the it's not the make sure you got this done, make sure you got that done. It's you know, the grace at which you traverse through adversity is the measure of a man or a woman in my mind and how I was raised. So if you fumble, stumbled, fell, get up and keep moving. Forward motion, fail forward. Yes, I love and, that. I love that. Yeah, and I just, yeah, freaking, if life hits you, stand up, wipe your mouth off, smile, tell it you hit like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got one last question for you, man, and we're going to end this interview oh. for you, bro. Um, Fine. Uh, I, I do know that I have seen you and you do, you do, uh, you've hung out with a lot of leadership, I would say. Um, so Met a few guys you always, and, and in this last hour and 11 minutes we've been recording here, you've had a lot of things, proper, proper ways that you've said. So I'm interested in knowing instead of what you want to tell people or what you want people to remember you about, what has been the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh shit. Uh huh. Best piece of advice I've ever been given. That's a hard one. Um the face until you make it is a really good one, for okay. real. Um and the silver lining thing that I, we were talking about earlier was was built via multiple conversations with several people. Um hmm. I like that one though that you said. Uh, if you're gonna fall, fall forward. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, fall forward. You know, if you fall, get up. Like, yeah, then my well, I'd have to go off of them. I mean, dude, Ooh, you've okay. you've met I so many no, sergeant I, majors I, of the Marine Corps and sergeant majors, and oh, dude, you, no, dude, none I, of these guys I, have ever I, given I, you some solid fucking advice. <laughs> I've met well, and it ends up being because I talk to them like like they're. Ray or yes, I know. I know. You talk to you them know? differently. You're like, hey, here's Bob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I talked to the commandant like we were boys, like not disrespectful, right? Mind you, very but, respectfully, yeah, tactfully, like, but you'll have fun. They're they're people too, right? Um, but anyway, so uh, I'd have to go with play the game as if you've never lost, but practice as if you've never won. Mm. I like that one is one of the is one of the ones that sticks with me that I've, I've said a lot of the ones in this whole thing yeah but that's that's one i haven't said that that always yeah it's a little i like that one i like that one man uh tyler yeah. dude i appreciate you being on my show man um i appreciate you Oz man dude uh I, i'd ask you <laughs> um i'm definitely gonna ask you to come back again um oh dude i'll do a part two I ain't so uh, one of these days, I think maybe we should call in uh, Sean or call in Jay. I have the ability here with the soundboard to call somebody else in as well. So, um, actually, let me Dude, see. Let's, yeah. The way I'm Come. set up here right now, I can I can actually call two more individuals. So, Dude, I'd be I'd be real honored to be on one of these with uh, Captain Stutter and Old Shot in the Face. Let's do <laughs> Captain it. Stutter, and Old Shot in the Face. Dude, you see, I was gonna say something and I didn't want to be that guy, and you just became that guy. I was gonna tell you, man, I I, I love you, brother. Just please don't leave me a review because you can't give me two thumbs up. But you went for it, bro. It's like. <laughs> You actually can give me two thumbs up. You have your tag. Yeah, I got a picture you have of your, one. It's fine. I have a picture of my right nub, uh, ladies Google and gentlemen. That, that's what I'm talking about. It's this energy right here. It's um, 
he'll he's falling forward with jokes and it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and they i hope they don't get mad about that but oh how can they i mean you're making the fucking jokes it's it's I don't know, dude. Oh no, me it's, and right, real quick. P.S. Before you actually sign me off, me and Sean is the best. Oh, you're talking about they're fuck. gonna get mad. They're not gonna get mad. No, no, no. In front of a few people who didn't know us or our relationship was the best because he he doing his hit, 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 hit. and oh. I was like, come on, today, Junior, dude. And he, he, stand up when you're talking to me, and it's just kind of a. You didn't see yeah, those. So yeah. I have two decks of cards. They're actually 52 fucking cards. I shuffle them like I'm playing poker. I'm doing Sean's interview, and boom, what question comes out? If you have 30 seconds to give somebody advice, what would it be? For, bitty, fuck, bitty, for bitty, Sean. Bitty, bitty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, dude. I'm like, Sean, I didn't do this. I said I didn't do this on purpose. This is the question I got. <laughs> we love you, Sean. You know we fucking love you, Sean. You know I love you, brother, because because of you is the reason why I'm doing all of this, man. I'm do- It's the reason I get to interview Tyler. I get to do my podcast. I was able to get off the X because of the Overcome Academy. So Sean has a lot of significance in my life, man. Oh, and, no, uh, Sean's the man. Like, I love Sean. We were fast friends, man. We felt like we knew each other for centuries when I met yeah, him. Yeah, same here, same here. Day. So yeah, and I know he's the kick. He got you to overcome and got yeah. all that. Yeah, he's the kickstart of why you're alive. So, yeah, so a he's a he's a kickstart of why I'm death. thriving. Definitely, definitely why I'm thriving. So, uh, thank you, Sean, for everything. Thank and you, all right, lastly, for real, once again, thank you, Tyler, for, for being on the show. <laughs> uh, dude, we're definitely gonna have you back on again. I would love to, um, love to have an episode if you if it's cool with you guys with Ashley. So. Um, let's try to do this brother so thank you so much again sean um if you haven't done so ladies and gentlemen subscribe to the post-traumatic survival podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast and leave a review thank you thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the post-traumatic survival podcast we sure do appreciate it if you haven't done so already make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts This way you'll receive notifications from us as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We certainly appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. We appreciate you and them. Until next time, survivors.